You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. Got the throwback shirt on today, looking sharp over there, my man. How you doing, bub? Man, doing great. You know, Clayton, I went I went uh, down here uh, to the basement here, my little lair, my little Packer lair, and uh, – <laughs> I ran upstairs to grab my coffee. I'm smart. I threw I threw some in my travel mug. Keep it warm while we're while we're doing the show. And there's already like two inches of snow on my driveway. It's been snowing for 25 minutes. <laughs> Surely not. Surely not in Green Bay, man. man. It's gonna be a day, man. I'm gonna spend most of my day out shoveling. I already know it. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I was. I've been watching Luke on Twitter. Luke is a. Uh, a weatherman, I think they're in Green Bay. I can't remember his last name. I need to give him a shout out because he does a great job keeping people up to date. But it's funny watching him kind of hit on everything and keep you in the loop. And it, it looks bad. They're like, all right, guys, let's let's brace. What's crazy is I know you guys are going to be getting 40 mile an hour winds down here. We're expected 30 mile an hour winds with 60 mile an hour gusts. And uh, it's going to be a little bit of rain, but no snow. And uh, yeah, we're kind of preparing too, man. You know, we got the tradition here. I ain't got them on right now. I need to turn them on. I'm going to go back here and turn these lights on here in just a second. But we keep the Christmas decorations up until the Packers are gone. It's funny. I seen Luke said that on Twitter too. And I was like, I thought we were just dumb rednecks down here in the South doing that. But uh, <laughs> they do it in Green Bay too. So we got Jacob joining us now. Jacob, tell everybody the most important facts of the day while I turn these lights on. Well, you got to keep your Christmas lights on well into at least January, if not June. If you're Clayton's type of people, uh, Tim, are you getting ready for this blizzard that's about to hit? Yeah, man. I, as far as as far as I can, I don't know what else that what else I can do. I, I already went this, to the store and got the milk. Right, everyone like runs to the store and buys one? milk for some reason. <laughs> so we got it. we got milk in the fridge and uh, some uh, cans of soup in case we can't go anywhere. <laughs> I, so I don't a, know, man. That's a rookie move. This is what you got to do. First off, you got to get yourself plenty of booze. And then backup booze. Then you go to your store and you find a lot of like really good frozen pizzas and that kind of stuff. And you get all stocked up on anything that, you know, so you don't have to leave your house for a good two to three days if you don't want to. And then you got to obviously make sure that if you got the, if the power goes out or the internet or anything like that, you need to have your DVDs ready to go with some sort of watching thing back up. You need to have a bunch of candles. And then I'm going to go out because I'm starting to get a little conspiracy minded being that it's me and it's an election year. <laughs> if the power goes out and you're up here and it's negative 11 degrees, which it's going to be at night, like you got to have some sort of way to heat yourself. So I'm buying one of those little bushcraft mini stoves. Anyways, we'll get into it later. <laughs> I'm geared up, Jacob. I got beer in the fridge. I got I got whiskey in the decanter, man. We are we're we're good to go. We got all the, the necessities. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's like I hope to God we don't lose power. I really do. That's what gets crazy when you get those high winds, man. You get down lines up here. It's it's nasty. 
Hey, if you run out of alcohol, though, I'm sure I'm sure the sure the uh, the wife there, Tim's got some uh, fingernail polish remover. You know what I mean? <laughs> that stuff, you'll be good. Oh lord! Hey, listen, guys, we're joking. Please, I don't want to hear about someone drinking fingernail <laughs> polish remover. It's a joke, allegedly. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank United Bates for gifting five. Packers Total Access memberships here on YouTube. So we got five new members of the PTA Posse. Thank you, United Bates. We appreciate you, buddy. We'll make sure those names get entered into the contest to win the autographed James Lofton card. We're going to give them, be giving away this Sunday. Also, I'm going to let Carly make an announcement uh, later on whenever she's on the show. But she uh, she has finished a little project for us, and we're going to be giving away something else on the show too, something small. But it's kind of cool, man. I, I think you guys will enjoy it. Here's your little tip. All right. It's got something to do with diesel. Okay. I'll drink to that. that yeah. I'm excited about it. So uh, I know she's done a, a great job, man. It's just, and of course, she wouldn't accept any money for it. I'm like, I need to pay you for the time you took. Nope. No way. She started insulting me. So I quit mentioning it. But uh, there you go. So let's dive into the show. First of all, the Packers put out a video, just a quick little travel video to kind of set the tone for this Packers-Cowboys matchup. Um, I thought it was really cool. Go check it out on Packers.com, their YouTube channel, their Twitter page, all that. Give it a retweet. Really well done by the uh, media team over there at 1265. Let's check it out. I fully believe that these guys have the mindset of just showing up and, and continuing to work. We obviously know we have a great challenge in front of us going down to Dallas. They seem to be playing their best ball at home. The intensity of the game is heightened. For us, it's just the opportunity to be in the dance and put our best foot forward. So for those of you on the pod, it showed the team playing. And as it's talking, that's the reason that you're probably going, the audio was messed up, Clayton. It actually wasn't. They, they distorted it like that because it's, you know, the plane in the air and everything. Um, excited about this road trip. Was well, This is a business trip right here. That's what this is, a business trip. <laughs> we got an opportunity to put the rest of the NFL on notice. You know, Mark Tauscher said something the other day on Wildey and Tausch that really kind of struck a chord with me. He said, listen. Enjoy this. Embrace this as fans. Towser is a bigger fan than me. That's what I love about Mark Towser. He said, embrace this because, guys, next year, it, the talk starts all over again. The Packers are going to be a top three team in the NFC, and now the pressure is back on us. Right now, the pressure is off. We're the youngest team in the league, right? Let's go out there and have fun. Don't watch this game stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, we want to win, but understand where the team's at. And we're playing with the house's money. I just thought it was very, very well said by Mark Tauscher there. Now, also, Tim, you shared this video with me earlier. This was Aaron Jones on Up and Adams with Kay Adams, the queen of the NFL is what I refer to her as. You know, when NFL uh, Network's uh, Good Morning Football, right, was just like this, Kay carrying it, carrying it. As soon as she leaves, boom, right. And it's like, next thing you know, Kyle Brandt's having his mustache shaved live on the show. They're dancing around like someone wants to see them with a boom box in their hand. It's like, what the hell happened? It used to be Kay sitting there with a cup of coffee just talking ball. And like we talked about, Tim, you know, Kay is <laughs> exactly that's the ratings. <laughs> Kay is one of the classiest ladies in all of football. Like it's like your little sister talking ball with you, right? And, and she's embarrassing your friends because she knows more than anyone else. <laughs> Here's Kay Adams, just a quick 30-second clip with the GOAT, the team leader of the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. This is your true team, Captain Aaron Jones. Carries in a game once the first 14 weeks. Now you have 20-plus carries in each of the last three. They are feeding you. How hungry are you this weekend? I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm starving. I have, like, I missed the whole season, so I got some making up to do. Um, like I said, just excited to be back out there, being able to compete and battle uh, with my guys. I feel like I, I'm a lead by example guy, so it's, I feel like it's best for me to be on the field with them. Uh, I feel like I can't lead in other ways, but that's the best way. 
club. He just just a leader by example. I love what he said there. I feel like I got some making up to do. There isn't a damn person in that locker room that's looking at Aaron Jones like, hey, Aaron, you got some making up to do. And he's the one saying it. It's just perfect example, Tim, of what true leadership looks like. Oh, man, I love it, too, because, you know, hey, like we like we said, you know, the season's over with. This is a new season now. It's playoff time. And Jonesy's got fresh legs, man. This is like, you, you know, he's right. I mean, kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, I missed the whole season. Well, he didn't miss the whole season, but he missed a lot of time this year. And if, if you notice, it's no coincidence that those were we struggled without Aaron Jones. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's back and we got to feed him. And, and you know, this offense has got to run through him. Think about the playoff experience on this team. Who do we have, guys? I mean, we've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, what, uh, Jair Alexander and Dre Campbell. Those are your those yep. are the guys that know what playoff football Kenny, is. Right. Kenny, Kenny's probably seen a little bit. Right? So so we we need to lean on those those guys. Yep. You know, because they're they're few and far between on this squad, and and that's going to help keep us grounded as we uh, take on the Cowboys. What's so exciting too is as you name those those quote unquote leaders off, right? And I, I completely agree with you, Tim. Outside of Aaron Jones here of lately, they're not the ones really carrying the load either. It's the young guys. So yep. it's like they lean on them for a little bit of leadership, and and the young guys are like, yeah, we can do this. And just seeing the light come on for these young guys is just absolutely amazing. Jacob, what do you want to add to that, man? Yeah, I mean that was one of our. I only got a limited time today, but I did want to talk about Aaron Jones and just the fact that if we don't ride this man into the playoffs, I mean, I'm talking the last three weeks straight, he's over 110 yards, averaging over five yards a pop. He's shown right there in that interview that this guy is not, uh, we're not in the end of the season, let's like conserve Aaron Jones or let's prolong his career kind of thing. He's at the end of a contract, at the end of a career, at the end of a season, going into a playoff run where there's no reason not to absolutely and I hate saying it that way, but just use this guy up. And I don't mean that okay. way. Like he's got enough in the tank. We don't need to put the, the brakes and the, you know, start doing 25 touches, forward. man, 25, 25 touches or more. Exactly. If we do that and that Dallas defense is no joke, man, they, they're pretty much statistically the best in almost any category you want to look at from the secondary, even defending the run, their pressure rates, all that kind of stuff. They are good. So it's going to take kind of a freak performance. And I didn't really have this in my notes, but just as it's in my head, <clears throat> a guy that could really show up and be a hero is Jair Alexander, because if they really do decide that they want to maybe, I don't know how much of that, you know, following CD lamb, he can actually do. We've talked about how that's not always a possibility. Like the fans want it to be just, well, just have him follow him all game, shadow him. doesn't work like that. And, you know, right. it's going to be nice and fun to watch the chess game between McCarthy and Barry slash that defense, because, I mean, we, we know McCarthy can definitely drop a, a, a good offensive play. Uh, and it's weird, too, man, looking at desk, Dak Prescott, number one in the league in passing touchdowns. Number two, Jordan Love. Who would have thought that, huh? Yeah, no no doubt, man. He's playing absolutely lots out. Uh, Paul Robertson in the chat, there's more stress in playoff games when you have high expectations. It was always like that during the Rodgers era. It's exactly what we said as soon as the trade took place was like everybody can – I'm, you guys know how I feel about Aaron. I think he's if he didn't have a broken thumb, he'd still be playing top ten, maybe even top five quarterback play. But when he when he got traded, it was like, okay, no longer do we watch a season going if we don't win thirteen games. Anything less than thirteen is a letdown. And as soon as we get beat in the playoffs, here we are choking again. Right um, now, it's just kind of like we said, playing with the house's money. We need to have a drinking game. Take a drink every time I say playing with the house's money. That's what we need to do. <laughs> but. Yeah, I agree, Paul. Um, good stuff there, man. Let's see here. We, we're going to talk a little Jordan Love here in a second for sure. But uh, first things first, let's kind of get to uh, a little bit of injury news, if you will. Joe Barry uh, met with the media yesterday. Matt Nyman tweeted this out and said, Joe Barry doesn't seem overly concerned about Jair's ankle. Uh, quote, I'm hoping he walks in here tomorrow and practices and has a good Friday. Uh, said Alexander was better today after suffering the injury during walkthrough yesterday. You know, Matt LaFleur didn't seem so concerned about it. Joe Barry doesn't seem so concerned about it. So it sounds like it's probably just precautionary stuff. Um, so uh, hopefully we have Jair and and we continue to see some of that rust fall off, right? Uh, yeah. I think we would all agree he is a little rusty. It's not as easy. That, listen, it's not Madden. As soon as they come off the IR, they're right back to 92 overall. It doesn't work like that, right? We've, so, all, we've all turned an ankle before, right? Oh, it's thing where you just you step wrong and you turn it and it, and it feels like you broke it but but you didn't and it's just really painful and awkward and you know the difference between us and Jair is you know at least he gets that uh 
that training staff all over it, right? You know, ice elevation, whatever they're whatever they're doing. I'm assuming that the ankle's not going to limit him in this game. You get that adrenaline going, man. It's playoff football. You're out there running around. You ain't feeling a thing, man. It'll hurt after the game for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Breakout player of the year. PFF has now named Jordan Love the breakout player of the year. PFF grade 83.9 on the season. 4,162 yards passing. 32 passing touchdowns. Man. Thanks, what, Jordan. What a year, dude. Thanks, <clears throat> thanks for making me look smart, Jordan. <laughs> I've been yeah. saying it for years. You were the dude. Now everybody believes me. Jacob, what was the what was the thing that you said preseason? Um, the over under. Didn't you have didn't you have the over under numbers on his passing yards? Do you remember roughly what it was? Did we talk about that or no? Man, I mean, I picked a few different ones for uh my prize picks. I know that they had him only at like 3,500 yards, and I thought I think we talked about that in an episode, and I thought, man, I'm I wouldn't be surprised. I thought I said if he could get above four, but I don't honestly think I believed it. Right. Uh, you wanted to believe it, right? It was high hopes, man. And um, oh, before I have to hop off here, I just want to let everybody know that I didn't win that prize picks because Christian Watson obviously didn't play. But I'm so stupid that I didn't even realize at the beginning of the year, I went really way too hardcore with fantasy football. So I ended up winning uh, the hundred dollar league, the Yahoo League. And I won, believe it or not, five hundred dollars. Nice. So, I just donated two fifty to Fertile Ground Ranch and um, in the PTA's name. So uh, that's awesome. Man. It'll that's be cool. Great, and then, man. like that's I said, so dude, cool. I still kind of want to donate that other two fifty. I just didn't know what the best, what the best cause would be. Somebody said that young lady who was doing something with her. What was her name? Aria. Is that right? Aria? Yeah. 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 So there's that. If you guys think anything better in the next day or two, maybe let me know, and then we could do something post game or something like that. So. Yeah, the the whole Aria thing, man. It, it's it's went really well. Um, obviously, she's battling. I think it was leukemia, if I remember correctly. It's some form of cancer, I believe. And uh, talked to Matt Ramage the other day. He's going to let it go another week or two, and then he's going to do the contest for the autographed Paul Horney jersey as well. So whatever you feel, you know, whatever's on your heart to give to Jacob. You know what I'm saying, man. Um, but we appreciate you. Uh, donating at the Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry and doing it, like you said, in PTA's name. You didn't have to do that, but we appreciate it, man. It's awesome. That's what we want to do here, though, is just try to hold each other accountable and continue to make a difference in this crazy little world, especially as we get closer to, like you said earlier, Jacob, election time. You're going to see people get all divided and all angry at each other. People who have gotten along perfectly fine the last three years are all of a sudden going to think that the other one is the most toxic human being on the face of the earth. So, uh, we're just going to try to put our head down and battle through that season and continue to help people. So uh, that's the goal here. Um, Afam's going to get me in trouble, man. That dude's got – he goes, how about double or nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Let it roll, baby. How about not, A-Fan? How about we uh, we take our winnings and – Spend it all on black. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly correct. We we're, were talking about playing with the house's money. We don't need to play with the mortgages. <laughs> so uh, – Micah Parsons talking about Jordan Love. He's also noticed uh, Todd Archer on Twitter at Todd Archer um, said, "Count Micah Parsons as impressed by Packers quarterback Jordan Love. He reminds him of Aaron Rodgers. Can you tell he played under Rodgers?" Quote is the quote by Parsons. Another quote he said, "Some of his mechanics, some of his movements and reads and fearlessness. We talked about him in the pocket, no doubt about it. You can tell he learned a lot from Rodgers." I get excited about his fearlessness in the pocket. I also get a little bit nervous because there's been many times I'm like, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. But, man, he's going to sit back there and get to that third read. Um, and you know what? The pass blocking showed up pretty good. Now, we talk about this pass rush, and, and obviously Micah Parsons, Jordan Love is not going to sneak up on Micah Parsons. There's no two ways about it. But when you talk about the pass rush hitting home, this is a really cool key statistic here too. PFF Green Bay Packers tweeted out, Jordan Love on throws less than two and a half seconds this season. So getting the ball out in two and a half seconds or less, he's 211 for 292 yards, 72.3% completion percentage, 1,681 yards, 19 touchdowns, and two interceptions, PFF grade of 82.6. Let's hit pause. Remind, rewind all the way back to the first half of the season. We kept breaking down the tape. Tim, we constantly talked about, yes, there's accuracy issues, but he's late on his reads, and he's, he's, he's holding on to the ball too long in the pocket. I, you know, he ended up with, what, 11 interceptions, if I remember correctly. So nine of the interceptions came on plays where he held the ball for more than two and a half seconds. Everything lines up with what we've seen on tape. So if he continues to do this, 
the best way to neutralize a good pass rush, and Aaron Rodgers was arguably the best in the history of the game at it, is get that freaking ball out in less than two and a half seconds. When Jordan does it, he's a stud, man, an absolute stud. So, and he's been doing that lately. And yeah. that, that comes with what we preach all the time, pre-snap read, post-snap read. You know, if you see it coming, you know what's going on. It gives you it gives you an opportunity to just play the position better. It's period. And, and knowing where you're supposed to be, um, making off platform throws, he's that dude. On time and in rhythm, we are absolutely deadly. It's my quarterback. Damn right. Very well said, T.O. We appreciate you getting emotional about it. Margin Cron said, breakout, 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 breakout. Um, I don't think anybody's seen this coming like this, man. Tim, maybe you did. Man, I've been – hey, when those Bears fans were talking so much trash the last three years about Justin Fields, I said it repeatedly. I think there's – you could probably dig through my tweets. I might have even tweeted it. I, I said at the time, our backup quarterback is better than your starter. And I meant every word of it. I believed in this kid since the moment we drafted him and everyone was pissed off. Look where we are, people. This is exactly what we do in Green Bay, right? Why, why is it shocking to anyone that we've done it again? Jordan is that dude. Tom Clements, man. <laughs> you need to listen. Put a statue on top of Lambeau Field of that guy. That's right. And put his and, name in the ring, too, man. Put him yeah. right up there with Curly and, and Vince and everybody, man. I ex- I, we got to extend a warning to my man, Jordan Love, because I saw something the other day. I think it was last night. And I just, it made me gave me the old cringe if you know what i mean and it looked like to his credit that he did not want to be there have you seen jordan love being dragged into his girlfriend's tiktok or whatever? oh yeah yeah, yeah. i love Yo, it i i you can look on his face though he's kind of like ah. that's what i love about it it's like he is the introvert and she is the extrovert and i showed mandy the video and i'm like tell me who's this remind you of she said oh that's so you and us mandy's alive for the freaking party and i'm back there like come on Marty, can i go watch your football <laughs> yep, me too buddy <laughs> so, <laughs> i feel your pain clayton love it yeah, saying, when we finally get up to Green Bay, man, it's going to be hilarious, Tim, getting uh, getting the two ladies together and watching them have fun and us just kind of sitting in the corner being sticks in the mud. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but anyway, what are you going to say, Jacob? No, I'm just saying he's got to be careful. Yeah, if you man, can bring one of your 15 women, too. It's totally cool. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> hey, hey. Nice up, ladies. Up. Nice ladies. Uh, but they got to be careful, dude. I don't want to look up in the booth and see like a Taylor Swift slash – Jackson Mahomes thing going I understand. on. There. I, I think understand. Jordan's just—he's just a good sport, you know. Like he—I I don't so. think he's caught up too much. But I hear you, Jacob. I'm not a—I'm not a yeah. fan of the the TikTok. Keep his head nice and level, and, and did a great job for the kids, though. You see, he won the uh, the MVP award, the the, the Nickelodeon uh, yeah. award. Um, so that that shows you, man. He's also uh, one of the the favorites for the the young fans too, which is really awesome to see another another generation of. Uh, football fans and Packer fans uh, idolizing another tier one quarterback here in Titletown. Got to love it. We've got a lot of, a lot of listeners as far as the age demographic that are, you know, 10, 15 years older than me. And I consider myself a boomer. I'm an old soul. There's no doubt about it. I guarantee you they're hearing these terms like TikTok and and all this stuff. And they're thinking, Hey, 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 that's just the way we talk in the clink. (laughs) We got to get that. We got to get that coach Belichick uh, clip when he, when he said, I I don't do the, the, the tweet face or whatever the heck he called it <laughs> right. twitter twitter book or whatever he said <laughs> i love it dude everybody in the room said did he say face tweet what did he off the damn weed. passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I bet I bet he's growing it out there in Nantucket. Now I don't know what the Massachusetts laws are, but anyway, Ron Samble, he's out, he's out there with. Oh, the, we're gonna give him some. <laughs> Ron Samble, maybe that's why he's leaving New England. Hit the conspiracy music. He's going to a legal state, isn't he? That's what he's doing. <laughs> shirtless video man i'm telling you ron in the chat said did everyone hear mike wall put the old quote this training staff is doing something wrong with hamstring injuries to rest says he's been all over the league and green bay has the best hey if, if mike said it i believe it i'll tell you that uh, that's good news because we've kind of questioned that we're like man what is going on with the hammies you know there's not many teams in the league that play in a colder place than this either right so keep that in mind. And people go, well, they're indoors. They're an extreme. We're talking about everyday life. It's not just only when they're playing football, right? Um, especially when you get players that are a little bit older, too, which Christian Watson obviously doesn't fall into that category. But hopefully you get that. Remember when we, we went on the run and we had uh, we played the Super Bowl in Dallas and, and there was like a massive snowstorm right before the yep. – right? So the yeah, Packers yeah. literally bring snow to Texas. Yep. Got to love it. Absolutely. All right, so when we're talking about neutralizing this pass rush, obviously we mentioned Jordan Love getting the ball out in two and a half seconds or less, right? He's been absolutely lights out. Nine of his inter- nine of his 11 interceptions have come when he's held the ball longer than that. So he's getting the ball out quicker than he ever has, which is good news for us. I say ever has like he's a 13-year vet. Obviously this season um, it's good news. Now, as far as neutralizing the pass rush, they like to move. Micah around, but forget Micah Parsons for a minute. You've also got Demarcus Lawrence that likes to move around as well. They'll play him inside in the nickel sometimes. They'll put him out there in the wide nine and the five tech on the left side over where Rasheed Walker will be. So I thought let's deep dive Rasheed Walker a little bit. You guys know his PFF grade isn't great. It's not horrible either, but it isn't great. And I'm like, they see something in Rasheed Walker, right? So I I dug into SIS this morning, started – uh, messing with some of the filters and let's see okay what well, i wonder what his blown block percentage is because pff you know a blown block will get you a negative grade don't get me wrong but there's other aspects that go into them watching these specific assignments and kind of okay did they do their job well or not so when we dive into the blown block percentage i'll show you guys what we came up with and it triggered in my mind because matt schnobbin sent a tweet out packers oc adam stinovich on second year left tackle rasheed walker with regards to being the quote guy like David Bakhtiari was. Quote, he's got a ways to go with these young guys. You never know how high their ceiling can be. So Stinovich is like, he's not saying, no, he needs to be consistent. He's saying, listen, he may be even better is the way I'm taking it. You never know. You never know how high these these young guys' ceiling may be. Same thing with, obviously, David Bakhtiari, and it's a really good comparison in my opinion with them both being later round picks, right? So when you look at the blown block percentage, this is overall, this is all plays, okay? This includes run and pass, we did a minimum of 500 snaps, and I think we came up with 33 left tackles with a minimum of 500 snaps, if I remember correctly. So this is a good sample size. Rasheed Walker, overall plays, all plays included, he is sitting 10th in the league at left tackle with only a 3% blown block rate. And look at his uh, his snaps there, too, 793 snaps. Availability, accountability, it's absolutely huge. So we take it one step further, pass blocking. Pass blocking snaps, blown block percentage, he drops down to 15th. So it shows you, okay, pass blocking, obviously not his strength. 
However, when you're 15th in the entire National Football League at the left tackle, one of the premier positions, I don't think you could ask for much more out of a later round pick. This is what Stenovich is talking about. You don't know how high the ceiling can be. If this is the floor, I'm not saying he's the left tackle of the future, but I'm saying if for some reason the draft don't shake out the way we want it to to get the guy we want or somehow some way in free agency a left tackle drop or if David Bakhtiari comes back as healthy as he's been in the last five years, adjusts his contract, and he finishes his, uh, his career in Green Bay, that could be the case as well. I feel good about Rasheed Walker setting the floor in the left tackle room. Now, when you go to run blocking, this gets exciting. Our run blocking has been bad this year, we would all agree, right? You know, PFF suggests that you watch a tape. It's kind of rough at times. When you go to blown block percentage in run blocking, he jumps all the way up to number six. So when you look at Rasheed Walker moving forward, think, okay, yes, left tackle, it's, it's huge that you're pass blocking and pass blocking at a high level. But when we're running the football, might want to start leaning into running to the left a little more, right? And guess what? That in general is going to be away from Micah Parsons, but most likely towards Demarcus Lawrence. When we broke down the preview yesterday, right, and we went to our offensive set, especially in 12 personnel, when you looked, the weak spot, in my opinion, when they're in their 34 base, which keep in mind they like to run a lot of dime and a lot of big nickel, but when they do have their nose tackle in, 51.8, and then on that same side of the ball where Walker is, Golston, 62.7. Little pin and pull, run zone heavy on that side of the field might be the game plan to get this running game going. But let's go around the horn with that. Tim, you got anything to add to that? Anything uh, triggering your mind there? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that statement. I mean, of course, when you said that, I, I kind of cringed a little bit. It's like, oh, you know, you run away from Micah Parsons and run run towards Lawrence. It's like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> that sucks, but um, we're going to have to do it. Um, and I'll say what I said uh, last week with the, with the Bears and their run defense, you know, screw your reputation. Let's go right at you, man. We got to, you know, you got to earn it. I don't care how good you are on paper. This is one football game that uh, anybody can win. And um, I, I would agree. I think we've had more success in general this year running outside the tackles rather than between the tackles. Um, but, you know, we know Aaron Jones can be shifty in traffic as well, too. So if you get if you get a seal uh, on the inside, you know, he can create, uh, you know, find the smallest running lane and turn, a, you know, a five yard run into a 15 yard run. But I would agree, man, maybe we we mix it up and start running to the left side a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe get a, a tight end out there, too. And, um, you know, Rashid Walker, is, as far as him, he's concerned, you know, Bakhtiari wasn't a stud right away. You know, it took a, a couple of seasons to to really get those pro legs underneath them and really round your game out. You know, I think when you're a young player, you do certain things well early on, and that's where you find your success. And, um, you know, you develop your game as you as you go forward and grow. And um, I, I totally see Rashid being a better run blocker as uh, as his career develops. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? Um, I I love Rashid, but I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm a sucker. Basically, on one side, you've got people like Ryan Schlipp, who is boring, going to be like, as soon as we draft these guys, he's like, they better – they're going to have to show me that they deserve me getting excited about them. And when they start to do good, he's like, ah, this is kind of just a flash in the pan, which is good. That's a smart way to, to not like over jump into, you know, you don't want to put all, all your right. in one basket kind of thing. Whereas I am on the polar opposite side. And the second we sign these seven, six UDFAs, I'm like, oh, this dude's going to be in Canton someday. It's going to be the best. And I legit, when we drafted him, I was on the fence a little bit about Rasheed Walker. But when I started looking into him and what he did at Penn, I was super jacked that if worst case scenario that he has some chemistry with Clifford um, and you look at some of the stats and, you know, big 10 competition at the left tackle position or right tackle position for that matter, you're going against some pretty big boys that can, you know, push some ground. So just the fact that he has stepped into that role, like you said, if that's our floor going into next year at left tackle is a guy that's 15th in the league in certain categories, 10th in the league and others. I mean, I I'm super jacked about that. In my opinion, that interior offensive line at both the guard positions and center would definitely be more of a blaring need to me in the draft to address because of the fact that, I mean, if we, if one of those left tackles does fall to us in whatever position, obviously you kind of have to maybe jump on that. But I, like I said, in my opinion, I just think that we're, we've got to plug the holes at the uh, center and guard position. Yeah. 
Tim, what else you got on that take? I'm trying to download some videos real quick of Rashid Walker from I was college. Say, of what? You guys, you guys are going to appreciate these. Believe you me. Oh, I know which one it is. <laughs> there's actually another one too, Jacob. I just found. Is there? <laughs> yeah, there's a second one. Evidently, if the tweet is correct, I believe it's him. But Tim, you got will, anything else? I will say this. Uh, I do. I like Rashid Walker. I do think we'll have some competition um, at training camp. You know, next season, of course, at that position. Um, especially based on Steno's uh, comments, but man, I'll tell you for, for, um, you know, being in the situation we're in with such a young team, I mean, we don't have a liability at left tackle, you know, like I understand there's, there are holes on our line, you know, honestly, um, even we could say that about uh, center too, you know, like things have come along as the season has progressed, guys have, have shown growth and that's what you want to see. I mean, there's teams that are that have first and second year players in these these positions, and they're complete dumpster fires. I mean, you, you're talking about no no blindside protection for your for your quarterback. So um, you know, it could be a lot worse. And I, like we always say, the future's bright, man. You know what? Regardless of what position group we're talking about, but um, you know, I feel good about having a guy like Rashid, um, and even Yashu can come in and and uh, make plays when we need him to as well. But uh, I, I fully expect to see some new faces. Uh, uh, 1265 next year for training camp. So we'll see how things pan out. But uh, right now we got a good baseline. Yeah, definitely. Here's the video that Jacob was referring to. Okay. Did you see Rashid Walker with the pancake, right? And then he gives him the little. It's <laughs> 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 oh, another one that I'm trying to, trying to find. God, it's hilarious, man. I, I referred to that as the hump move. And of course I had people on Twitter going, that's not a hump move. A hump move is a defensive move. And I'm like, shut Pete, people, please. No, God's I put in the chat that's just called establishing dominance. Exactly. It's in the animal planet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the other one did not download for whatever reason, but there's another video. He pancakes a guy, lands on him like that, and he, he lifts his feet off the ground and his arms off the ground. He does this like he's swimming on him. He's just playing <laughs> on top of him. It's hilarious, man. Huh? Took it down. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, – it was money. When I went back there and found it, um, gosh, I wish we could. Like, it ain't going to work, I don't believe, but it is hilarious. I might be able to just share the screen. It won't be. Yeah, you won't be able to see it as well, but let me just share the screen and show you because it is pretty cool. It's worth showing. Um, let me see here. This is the dead air time. The people on the pod go, Clayton, I don't want to hear you clicking buttons. It's in my day, and that's where I say go listen to a rant cast, but – Let's see. Tim, are you on the controls now too? I've been noticing the drops are a little more fluid. Yeah, you like that? We need to get you on it too, Jacob. I'm just afraid the whole pod's going to turn into nothing but soundbites if, if we all have access to it. It's going to sound like Gentlemen, it's AI. Brings me to my next point. Don't <laughs> smoke crack. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. I got the other one. Check it out. Here's Rasheed Walker. I'm pretty sure this is him. I think he was playing right tackle in this game, but uh. Uh, they, he was. It was listed as Rasheed Walker. I'm assuming it was him. But watch this. You ready? See him now. That ain't him. That ain't Walker, is it? But this one, I, maybe, maybe they said it reminds him of him. But check this cat out. Look, it's still funny. Watch <laughs> it. <laughs> the guy looked up at him like, Are "You serious, dude?" <laughs> it reminded me of the uh, the Quay Walker one. So, uh, you know, the other day when he knocked the lineman down, me and Sam were talking about it. He just smacks the lineman on the ground. The lineman looks up at him like, and Quay's like. <laughs> What? What do you want me to do? That's got to be one of my favorite highlights of the year, for sure. So that was not Rasheed Walker before I get hashtag fake news, okay? Just saying that someone said that reminded them of the Rasheed Walker and the the infamous hump celebration. So uh, so it's hilarious. As soon as he was drafted, everybody's like, what do we know about Rasheed Walker? Let's go search. Oh, look at this. (laughs) He violated a man on the field. (laughs) So uh, I love it. Oh, man. We got uh, – I don't know how much longer you got, Jacob. I've got an eight-minute-long video that I was going to play and maybe pause throughout. It's about the Packers-Cowboys rivalry. It comes from the Packers legacy documentary. Yeah. If you've got to run, we can let you have your parting thoughts now. But if you want to hang out for the video, like I said, it's about eight minutes long. I do probably got to run here. Um, cool. I'll just leave you guys with the parting thing that maybe will blend into that video. Cowboys 8-0 on the road or 8-0 at home. Packers 4-5 on the road, if I'm not mistaken there. I think that that's going to be a major issue. We're going to have to have an absolute lights-out performance by the defense, which will then fuel the speculation of whether or not we're going to keep Barry or let him go. The other thing that could be an undercover 
you know, something that, that people are not expecting is the kicking game. The Dallas kicker, he's only missed two extra points over the whole year. Up until last week, he was 35 for 35, but his first two, he missed last week. Tell me, you can't tell me that that guy's not going to be in his own head in playoff football. You know what I'm saying? Going against the Packers. And then Mr. Carlson, obviously, he's had a little up and down uh, for his rookie year. He's 27 to 33 for field goals, 34, 39 for extra points. But in my head, you cannot tell me that I would feel way more confident with us kicking a 55-yarder with the game on the line versus a Cowboys guy who's just missed his last, his first two kicks of the season, and he's got all that new pressure on him. I'm just saying, watch out for that. Go, Pack, go. Make sure everybody's bundled up tight. Go get your daddy sodas and your whiskey and make sure that you're all safe and safe. Whiskey. And I'll kick the bloody piss out of it. And hey, listen, 27 to 32, Jacob, not bad. Not bad. Now, the extra points, I got you. But everybody's still – it's like we're convinced that we're still kicking extra points from the two-yard line. Not the case anymore, right? So, uh, I I don't know. I like I like Anders. I think he's going to be fine. But, Jacob, have a good day, buddy. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. And, uh, yeah, if you need something, let us know. Yep. Go back out. Good man, Jacob. See you, man. All right, Tim, you ready to get into this video? Let's end it with this. We'll we'll get our thoughts on it. We may pause it throughout. If at any point you got something to say, you can pause it or just speak up. But this is from the Packers Legacy documentary, and I think it's a good way to kind of set the stage for the game this weekend. Uh, Obviously, the Packers and the Cowboys, their history has been intertwined. Many people don't know that, you know, like the Ice Bowl is the most favorite, famous game, right? And we're going to hit on that. That's the video we're going to play. But many people don't know that that rivalry between uh, Landry and Lombardi actually goes back to the New York Giants. They were – uh, fellow coaches, I guess you could say, coaching teammates. Lombardi coached the offensive side of the ball. Landry coached the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tom Landry is actually the father of the 4-3 defense. Many people don't know that. So he created the 4-3 defense that's still in the league today. Um, you know, obviously, uh, to the best of my knowledge, um, it was John Madden who one decade later invented, not really one decade later, but one decade after Tom Landry really kind of had his, the majority of his success there in Dallas, uh, you know, John Madden created the 34 defense. So you're kind of seeing the defenses that still stand today is from a base standpoint have really evolved from uh, those older coaches like Madden and Tom Landry, but Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi coached against each other for the, or I'm sorry, coached with each other at the New York Giants. He took the job in Green Bay. Landry took the job in Dallas and then they met shortly after. And this first matchup actually happened at the Cotton Bowl the year before the hospital. That's where the video starts. So this is just kind of shows where, in my opinion, the rivalry was really born right around this time here in the late 60s, the mid to late 60s. But let's play the video. Like I said, it's eight minutes long. Uh, you can go find this for free on the Packers YouTube page. Uh, they have the legacy documentary. It's absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you go give it a like. The fact that it, it only has – as few views as it has is beyond me. I almost want to reach out to 1265 and like, can I promote this for you guys? Because every Packer fan on the face of the earth needs to see this documentary. It's phenomenal. But here we go. This is the more or less the birth of the Packers Cowboys robbery. On the last day of 1967, as they did on the first, they beat the Dallas Cowboys on January 1st to earn their place in Super Bowl one. They must now face them again. Lombardi was the guy that kept everything in check. He would inspect the field. And then he had his uh, anti-freeze situation there where he installed a whole bunch of wires under the stadium floor, the turf, to uh, keep the field soft. He loved gadgets. He just absolutely loved things that he felt gave him a competitive advantage. This system would keep the, the soil from freezing and therefore make it playable. And so the night before the game, they turned it on. That night, the weather changed. (laughs) The weatherman made a terrible forecast. December 31st, 1967. Don Meredith uh, said they had a wake-up call at the hotel Holly Duty Packer Packer. He said, what? He said, Holly Duty at 7 o'clock in the morning at 16 below. And Meredith said... 16 below what? Your breath and your breathing was just absolutely like a cake of ice. Yesterday, Saturday before that Sunday game, was a beautiful day in Green Bay. It was maybe 20, 30 degrees, but hot, but sunny and beautiful. We were running around like a bunch of colts out in the field. Press box uh, on the west side of Lambeau 
uh, didn't have much heat in it at all. And I thought, wouldn't this be lovely? And the field uh, was another story. When they got to Lambeau Field, some of the Packers' coaches were down there. The grass was nice and soft and warm until they took the tarp off. And then it hit 16 below weather and it quick froze. Just see the white creeping across the field, the frozen tundra. And someone said, you better go up and tell your boss the system's not working. And none of the assistant coaches would do it. They got Chuck Lane. I'm like the young brother. You give him all the crappy jobs. So I go into to Lombardi and uh, said, Coach, I guess we got a problem. What's that? He said, your field is frozen. He said, you're kidding me. It can't be. And I said, oh, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, I thought you needed to know. Well, he just flew off the handle at that one. People start filing into the locker room, and there's a lot of grumbling going on. Yeah, I think it's great. You like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Coach heard that, too. He said, we're playing this game. So get out there, get warmed up, and let's go. Getting warmed up was impossible. Vincent Little, guys wear gloves, and Dave Robinson said, I'm going to wear a brown glove, and he won't know the difference. And my God, he did. By the time the game started, it was an ice rink. All the uh, mud to it, coagulated on the field, froze to the field. It was almost as if you had a stucco wall and you laid it down and then you had to play on that. The upper level was where the cameras were, so there couldn't be glass in front of the cameras. So for the entire game, we were literally outside. Every time a guy opened that damn door, it was like the Arctic Circle. Coffee froze on the ledge. Guys wiping the windows with keeps the breath through, so you could see out the window. It was terrible conditions. The first play of the game was almost a disaster. Donnie Anderson fumbled. You know, it was like trying to hold an ice cube. The referee blew the whistle. He tried to pull the whistle, which was a metal whistle. It stuck to his lip, and he had to rip it out of his mouth. It cracked his lip, and the blood froze. And from that moment on, there was never another whistle in the ice bowl. We played the entire ice bowl, listening to the commands of the referees saying, stop. Packers scored early. Terrible riding conditions. Field was getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, the weather was really the, the number one thing that the Packers were fighting at that time, as were the Cowboys. The Cowboys take a lead late in the game. They're winning this damn game at Green Bay of all places. Final drive in the Ice Bowl, we're down three. We get the ball on the 35-yard line, four and a half minutes to go. In the previous 31 plays, we'd gained a minus nine yards. 31 plays, the whole second half, maybe some more, we gained minus nine yards. We hadn't made a first down in the whole second half. Watch the momentum change. Green Bay just came back and started to dominate play. In that huddle, I looked in my eyes of my teammates. I saw confidence. I saw poise and professionalism. I didn't see any fear, anxiety. I talked to Bart later and I said, what made you think you could take that team down the field? What were you thinking about? He said, I came in the huddle and I was going to say something. And I looked in your eyes. And I looked in Forrest's eyes. And I looked in Ski's eyes. I looked in Gilly's eyes. I said, I don't need to say anything. And then Bart stepped in and said, let's get this done. And everybody got an injection of power, of energy. The greatest drive I've ever seen in football was that drive, 68 yards. Downey caught a little pass to begin the drive. I got a seven-yard runoff right tackle for first down. Donnie Anderson was sensational. Chuck Mercine played his heart out. I told Bart Starr that I was open in the left flat. He hit me for a 19-yard catch. I went out of bounds, stopped the clock. All of a sudden, I've got half the yardage in the drive. We need to get this ball in the end zone. I don't think that there was any doubt in anybody's mind that we had to, or otherwise it was over for us. Bart says to Ski in the huddle, he says, Ski, can you block Andre on the give play? And Ski says, run it, on two. And we gained 11 yards down to the one yard line. They call a couple of dive plays to our halfback, to Donnie Anderson, number 44. Both times, Donnie slipped. 
So with the final timeout with 16 seconds to go, Bart went to the sidelines. I said, Coach, I'm up underneath the center. I can lunge my way into the end zone. All he said was then run it and let's get the hell out of here. It wasn't a sneak. He didn't call a sneak. He called a handoff. The play was Brown right 31 wedge, which Chuck Mercine was supposed to get the ball. I was excited because here I was going to get a chance to win the game. An unbearable minus 13 degrees with a 36 below zero wind chill. Bart Starr finishes a 12-play, 68-yard drive with a one-yard touchdown quarterback sneak. The winning touchdown with 13 seconds remaining. He kept the ball. He didn't tell me, didn't tell anybody he was going to keep the ball. I turned around and I saw Bart tumble into the end zone. And he was across the line, right? And whew, we got it. We got it. My next fear was don't push him into the end zone because I couldn't stop. And if I pushed him or assisted him into the end zone, it would have been a penalty. So that's why I threw my arms up in the air, trying to say to the referee, I'm not assisting him as I bumped him. The Packers beat the Cowboys 21-17 in what is now famously remembered as the Ice Bowl. Tom Landry didn't ever think that Bart Starr would ever run with the ball, so he just turned and went right in. The season had been kind of difficult for Bart. It had been real frustrating at the early part of the season. The climax, like that, of scoring the thing, a great sense of relief for him. I know Bart was crying and very, very happy. Bart Starr has said many times about that last ice bowl drive. They used every bit of their experience and their wisdom that they built up through the years to orchestrate that championship. That's what Lombardi excelled at, because Lombardi willed victory. He tells you that if you give anything less than the best that you have within you at any time, regardless of the, the situation, regardless of the consequences, that uh, you're cheating yourself, you're cheating your teammates, you're cheating professional football, you're cheating the fans who have made the game what it is today for you. Let's be honest, even though that was a legendary team in 67 that won the Ice Bowl, that was not his best team. And maybe not the best team in the NFL that season, but they knew how to win. Love it. It does not get any better than that right there, man. Um, Tim, what's your first thoughts, bud? Legendary. Yeah. And a great example of what a team victory looks like when everybody's bought in. And you talk about Vince Lombardi, okay? We all we all know, you know, we have great reverence for Vince Lombardi. We know he was a hard ass. And I'll tell you, when when you have a player come up to you on the sideline and give you input, and you've got a coach that trusts that. You talk about the trust that he had in every man on that field. I love it. Well, let's run it and get the hell out of here then, Bart. Go ahead. And then, and then like, the true OG cowboy gunslinger type of quarterback that, that Bart Starr was. I see in the comments here, it's so true. One of the, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in NFL history. Right. Goes out there, and he's the only damn guy on the field that knows he's running the ball. Yep. You just got to love it, man. It's like you, you almost protect your teammates from any kind of mistake by doing that. You just put it on your yourself and on your shoulders and say, I'm going to get it in. Everybody just hit somebody. Don't worry about it. I can I can sneak in here. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the most legendary things about that, too, you know, rest in peace, Bart Starr, is every every time he would make trips back up here to, to Lambeau Field, he would he would tell people that I know exactly where I went in. I can I can walk out onto this this field and tell you the exact spot that I went into the end zone in the ice ball. And, you know, th that was decades afterwards. Um, it's just the, the, the magic of, of Lambeau field and playing on that, that, that uh, frozen tundra. I mean, that's literally where it's, where it's born. And, and the, the great irony of it all is, you know, the frozen tundra is a result of Vince Lombardi's effort to not allow the field to freeze. It's, just, it's right. just like the most Wisconsin thing ever. You know, you throw whatever you want at this this snow and crap. It's like we're we're gonna lose that battle every time. Yeah. And they said that they they cooked the field under the tarp and they didn't even think there's gonna be condensation under there. They pulled that tarp back and it was so cold. It was like throwing water in the air in you know negative 20 degree temperatures. It's just gonna freeze instantly. Just absolutely wild, man. Wow. Paul Robertson in the chat said five titles for Bart Starr and never a mention. It's true, man. Um, a true leader of men. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Dead Fish in the chat said, found out last Friday my uncle went to that game. You know, uh, I believe you, Dead Fish, and I believe your uncle too. Okay, don't take this the wrong way. But uh, Paul Horning, the Golden Boy, before he passed away, I remember watching an interview with him. He said, I've met 750,000 people that were at the Ice Bowl. 
everybody was at the hospital. He said capacity, you know, only held however many, you know, tens of thousands of people at the time at Lambeau. But boy, everybody's been there. Here's a cool story. I was living in Knoxville and I was running a carpet cleaning and restoration business. And one of our customers was over on the west side of town. I go to uh, take care of her carpet and I'm getting ready to leave for Green Bay. That was the very first time I ever went to Green Bay. So that was back in 2003. I had not been to Lambeau yet. I had just gotten interested in the Packers, all that. So we're in there, you know, handling the handling her restoration for us and everything. We're doing some work on some on some carpet in there. And she said, uh, yeah, you're the uh, Steve, which was the owner of our company uh, in Knoxville. He said, yes, Steve was telling me that you're uh, you're leaving out of town today. And I said, yes, ma'am, we're actually leaving tonight. We're going to uh, going to Wisconsin. She went, I used to live in Wisconsin. This woman is like in her 80s. Keep in mind, like she is, you know what I mean? And she said, I used to live in Wisconsin. I went, oh, really? I said, uh, where about? She said, uh, well, we live we lived in northeastern Wisconsin, a um, little small place. She said, I actually went to a football game up there on New Year's Eve one year, she said. And it was my first husband that drugged me out there. She said, I was so mad at him. She said, it was so cold. Someone died at the game. It was so cold. And I was going, this woman has no idea. She was at the freaking hospital. And I had just really studied into the history and realized what the ospo was at the time. And I was like, you got it. And it's one of those situations where, like Paul Horning said, everybody's been there. There's no way that that lady was lying about that experience. The fact that it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whichever it was, she you know specified. And, and she said that it was so cold someone died at the game. I was just like, this is unbelievable. The day before. I left or actually that the day of me leaving for Green Bay for the first time. It was wild, man. Absolutely wild. So good stuff there, Dead Fish. Um, I'm sure he was there and uh man, what a sight it would have been to see. There's actually one one gentleman, uh, I won't name his name, but we got to got to meet when I was in Lambo and got the the private tour and everything. Uh me and Mandy did. But uh he was at the the game where Chandler hit the field goal. But, you know, people say he may have missed it. He was actually in the stands for that game, too. And he does stadium tours there at Lambeau. So um, if you pay attention, he may mention it. Best best tour guide I've ever had. I think I've been on seven tours of Lambeau Field, and that was the only private tour I've gotten. We actually requested it in advance and made it, you know, made it happen. And, man, just a phenomenal job. But I, that's the thing, too, like you watch these videos. I know people were joking in the chat about, man, this sounds like the stories of when you were a kid walking to school uphill both ways in the snow, you know, but I'm not trying to be morbid, but these older people, they're not going to be around forever. And kudos to the Packers for getting that stuff on tape and them being able to tell that story for us Packer fans moving forward. It's absolutely huge that we stay tapped into our history. I'm a big constitutionalist. I love the history of our country. Um, it's important that we protect those things and carry those traditions on, uh, even with the flaws that we have as a country. Uh, you know, it's it's important to tell the entire story, the true story, and not just the story that the political vi- division wants us to to know, remember, and tell, and and spread all that. But that's good stuff, Dead Fish. Awesome. Let's see. Doug says, uh, now remember back then you couldn't help a runner with the tush push. It's amazing how the rules have changed, right? Yep. And you know, we talk about asterisks and all that stuff. And, oh, well, you know, you know, we always say, well, there's no way these older players could play today. I say BS. They would have had the, the same willpower they have. They probably would have had more willpower than some of the players today, to be honest with you. And they would yep. have had the same technology to up their game the same way current players have. And, uh, you know, back then the rules were different, right? A little bit harder to score that touchdown, seeing that you can't assist anyone into the end zone. I love the – I've got the, the, the picture. It's actually right there, matter of fact. That one right there. Yeah. I've, I've got the play, which it's a simple diagram. It's just a QB sneak. What well, was a, a wedge play that that Bart turned into a QB sneak? But I love Don Meredith, or not Don Meredith, but uh, God, what's his name? Uh, it's already Chuck Mercine. They thought he was signaling touchdown. He was really going, "Hey, I ain't helping. I ain't helping. I thought I was getting a damn ball." <laughs> yeah. You know? So love it, man. Love it. Doug says uh, we don't appreciate those quarterbacks anymore. People don't get they were the offensive coordinators too. Calling the play. Spot on, Doug. Spot on. And you talk about the, the things we have in today's game. You know, Bart didn't have an earpiece in with Vince talking to him. You know, like nope. you, you talk about that infamous trip to the sidelines. Yeah, you had to. You had to get over there. And you, that's how you communicated uh, or it was hand signals or whatever. But, yeah, man, the QBs definitely were the uh, were the uh, coaches and offensive coordinators and the quarterback. 
Got my dad in the chat, Mr. What's Green. Up? What's up, Donald Green? Thanks for got hanging out in here. Hey, Dad. He's up early watching. I bet you he's got his coffee going. Yeah, watch that game live. Love it. That's awesome. He doesn't claim to be there, so so he just said he watched it. <laughs> I love it. That's Morning, Dad. Yeah, good stuff. Welcome, welcome to the chat, Pops. Appreciate you hanging out with us, man. That's awesome. Um, Omer in the chat says, imagine Bart Starr, Barve, A-Rod, and now Love on a on on one team in football. Been so lucky with quarterbacks as the Packers. It's so true, man. We're spooled rotten. This one right here cracked me up. AFAM. I've noticed that, you know, in the classroom, <laughs> AFAM and Paul Robertson are the class clowns. Eric Sutherland is the class bully. There's no two ways about it. And Murph, Cheesehead Murph, gets all the ladies in the class. I'm just telling you, that. that's the way it works. But AFAM in the chat said, this cracked me up, Tim. I read it while we were watching the video. And I'm, I'm over getting emotional over the video, and I see that, and I'm like, of course, AFAM would ruin this moment for me. But he says, eight minutes should be – I said the video will be eight minutes long. He said eight minutes should be long enough uh, time for Paul to finish watching that Rashid clip. That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we will uh we'll end it all right with the with the class clowns ruining it for everyone so now we appreciate afam and paul you guys are always lightening it up um so uh parting thoughts tim as we get ready to wrap this thing up man uh well you know it's uh freezing out you know i was thinking of making a little chili i tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and i had to drink a two liter of mountain Dew. <laughs> just make sure you get to the store and get that mountain dirt. All right. You got to get that mountain dirt. Got to get that mountain dirt, man. A tea leader, a tea leader, a mountain yeah. dirt. Tea leader, a mountain dirt. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Listen, that's a little preview, guys. Just so you know, that's what the offseason is going to be like. We're going to dive into some of those stories. We're going to have plenty of content to talk about. We're going to be talking about uh, coaching changes as soon as the season's over. We're going to be talking about free agency as soon as that gets cranked up. We're going to be prepping you for the draft, and we'll have our own draft coverage, all that good stuff. We're also going to have, you know, obviously as OTAs get cranked um, and then into training camp, we'll have you covered 365 days a year, right, especially on the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm going to throw this up. If you like this type of content, scan that QR code in the top or just search Packernet Podcast. I've had many people reach out and say, Clayton, I'm searching Packers Total Access, and I can't find it in podcast form. Search for Packernet Podcast because I'm a part of the Packernet Podcast Network and you'll be able to find it. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll find much better shows than this one here on that network. So you just hit the lottery. I'll just put it that way. So uh, make sure you go uh, give them a, uh, a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Packernet Podcast Network. Um, going to be dr great draft coverage from Jake Shavink as well with the It's Always Draft Season podcast. Phenomenal stuff there. Absolutely. And, and Jake, Jake's always willing to jump in too. You know, he does a great job with Ryan over there and then, you know, joining us on occasion too and providing that analysis and input is just, it's priceless. It really is. Yeah, it really is. So we'll be covering all that in the offseason, but in between, we're going to dive into Packers history. We're going to be covering stuff like the ice ball. We'll be covering stuff like the founding of Green Bay, right, and, and and the Packers and the early settlers and the first football team and the first, the very first person to bring football to Green Bay, which we talked about in the past, but we'll deep dive it a little bit more. There'll be plenty of content to hit on. We'll take you there. back to Hagermeister Park for sure. Oh, yeah. Whew, come on, dude. And Bellevue and all of it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good offseason for sure. But, hey, season's still going, baby. Playing with the house yeah. this morning. Take you another sip. I said it. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens they, here. Safe travels to our beloved Packers uh, as they head down there and leaving this blizzard here. I wonder how that's going to affect the uh, the air travel. I don't know yeah. if they're leaving tomorrow or tonight or what they're doing. But uh hope the boys get down there, have a good flight, be ready to go. We got multiple requests in the chat. We'll end it with this, and it's from our – our awesome A.J. Dillon. Hey, there's a chance he might play this weekend. That would be exciting to see him back on the field. A.J. with that thumb uh, trying to rest him up last week and, and some other injuries he's battling. But when he's not on the football field or he's not rehabbing, you know what he's doing. He's out there farming. Baby. John Deere Green On a hot summer night He rode Billy Bob Charlene all right, we're out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. I want to give a special thanks to United Bates for the five Packers Total Access memberships. That'll get five more people entered into the contest to win the autographed James Lofton 
football card. Uh, we'll be giving it away during the postgame show. Immediately following Packers Cowboys, win or lose, we'll be doing a post game show, and uh, you guys come hang out with us. If you become a YouTube member, we'll put your name into drawings moving forward. As long as you're an active YouTube member of the PTA Posse, also we got a special item coming up here real soon. We're going to give away one of those. We'll let Carly announce that when she can come back on the show. Really excited about that too. So we got a lot of good stuff working uh, here in the works, I should say, and it's going to be a, a great game there on Sunday. So. We're just what two days away. That's absolutely wild, right? Yeah, I mean, buddy. it's, it's gonna get here. tomorrow. Hey, we talked about the ISPO tomorrow night, Chiefs Dolphins, negative 30 wind chill in uh, Kansas City. You're gonna separate the men from the boys in that game, and I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. So make sure y'all tune in for that. We might do a little watch party or something. I don't know, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? There you Just go. kind of hang out and watch a little ball. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all for hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back code.